Welcome everyone to Beyond the Panel, brought to you by Balancing Life's Issues, the Business Council of Westchester, and Westchester's ultimate headhunter, the Headless Horseman. I'm your host, Kai, and we're here to give the Talent Tuesday panelists an opportunity to follow up and dive a little deeper into the subject matter they recently spoke to on the webinar. Welcome to the program, James. Thank you, Kai. Glad to be here. Of course. Absolutely. Glad to have you. So tell us a little more about yourself and how you're helping businesses find, hire, and retain talent in Westchester County. Sure. I'm a senior partner at JDM Benefits, which is an Alara Group company. I've been in the employee benefits business for almost 30 years and been a consultant to employers for the last 20 years. And what I do is I help my clients find the most cost-competitive, robust benefits package that's going to help retain, attract employees, really learning a lot about our employer clients. What are they looking for? What are their issues, challenges, goals? And we get to work, find those plans and and put it into into action and the whole attraction, retention of of employees. Yeah. And it's, it's good to hear that there are companies like yours helping business navigate kind of these benefits packages because health insurance is expensive. We all know that. And so how are you helping employers get creative with the increased costs of healthcare we see and to make sure that doesn't you know, trickle down to the employees? You know, like I said on the, the panel uh, earlier in the week, you know, healthcare costs are the number one pain point that employers feel. You know, I go back to when I started my career in 1994 and your average copay for a doctor visit was $5. The word deductible didn't even exist when the dynamic shifted from indemnity-based plans. You you had very, very low cost out-of-pocket to the employee. With those high cost increases year after year, employers have had to kind of balance, well, how do I keep my costs down, right? I mean, employers can absorb, you know, 8, 10, 12% rate increases year over year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you kind of do the balance, you know, the shifting of benefits. So that's when a copay went from $5 to $10 to $15 to $25 to $50. You know, we need to sit down strategically, have these conversations on kind of bigger picture things like, you know, looking at different funding mechanisms. So like being self-insured or partially self-insured, what that does is it takes the middleman out of the process and really puts you in the position of almost an insurance company. You do have insurance to protect yourself, but what you're doing is you're cutting out a lot of the fat uh, that's built into the system and you're effectively just paying claims. So that that's one way that we're helping larger organizations. If you're a smaller organization, it's a little more tricky. You know, you have to look at plan designs, you know, high deductible health plans, coupled with either a health reimbursement arrangement or account uh, or health savings account. So, so again, you don't want this to come across as you're strictly just pushing the cost off onto the employee. So you're buying a high deductible health plan. So now instead of your employees having that $5 copay, you're now having a $5,000 deductible. Right. So, you know, it's designing it where you're able to help the employee kind of bridge that gap. Wow, it, just, it all sounds incredibly comprehensive, but also confusing, right? And I think for the employee, um, I'm someone who my wife and I are we're navigating um, changing our healthcare plan as we speak. 
um, this month we have to figure out, all right, are we going to the marketplace or are we going with, with the, the package that my company is able to offer? And I mean, I guess to your point, the, what's the, the employer's role in helping an employee understand, you know, what it is, what the costs are, what it's for high deductible versus low deductible. Yeah. I mean, health insurance through an employer actually dates back to world war two when there was a, when there was a freeze on wages Mm. and, um, you might have to fact check me a little bit. Yeah, here, sure. I will. <laughs> but, uh, thank you for that. But, but, um, you know, when, when World War II was all going on and there was a labor shortage here in the U S you know, what employers were doing to, to it kind of goes back to talent ironically is, you know, they were just increasing wages to essentially poach employees from other companies. And, and there was a, a period where wages were frozen and how employers started enticing prospective employees to come work for them is, is they offered health insurance. Interesting. So there's a level playing field wage-wise, and then the employer would be like, well, okay, well, here's our little cherry on top in terms of hire to bring in talent. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah, interesting so that to look was at the, it that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was where, you know, employer-based health insurance came from. And, um, you know, and then it has has since been, you know, part of the expected package when, you know, you're looking at a new employer, potential employer. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it all started from. Um, And it has definitely got it become much more complicated over the last several years. And really, that's where kind of having the right partner you know, the employer having the right partner, consultant, advisor to develop tools around employee education and communication, whether it's, you know, whether it's videos, um, you know, other kind of documentation um, that employees can have access to year round or, you know, having access to live people. So, so again, or how about a podcast? Podcast would be great. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you, any put any medium in front of somebody, everybody's a different learner, right? But I really like what you're saying, though, is like the employer's role in education, um, making sure their employees understand, you know, with with the idea of what am I, what's part of that paycheck, right? So you talked a little bit about total compensation statements. Is that is that a little bit of like what you were referring to? Yeah, Um Again, where you talk about you know talent attraction um, and retention is a lot of times employees just see their financial value to a company being their salary. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. 100%, yeah. And and you know use for example if if somebody's making you know fifty thousand dollars a year and that's the salary. But what's also important for that employee to know is what other costs are involved in, in keeping you at the company. So there's the portion of health insurance costs. There's, you know, and all your other benefits. There's if you have a 401k or a 403b and you have a match, you have taxes, you have FICA mm-hmm. taxes that the employer pays. So the total compensation statement 
and it's usually utilized with uh, you know your annual review is just the ability to show an employee that it's not just fifty thousand; it's fifty thousand, you know, plus, plus all this, plus, yeah, plus, plus, and then you know, it's not uncommon that that fifty thousand really turns more into like sixty thousand or mm-hmm. sixty-two thousand, right? And you know, so now as an employee, you it's more transparent that well, okay, I now see what my employer is also providing me in terms of costs that I wouldn't ordinarily see, right? You see your payroll deductions, right? right? So if you're contributing to your health insurance plan, you know, $100 a paycheck, you see that going out, but you don't see the other portion that the employer is paying. Um, so total compensation statements is just a way to be transparent with all the all the costs that an employer is, is paying for an employee. All right. Very cool. Yeah. It sounds like a like beneficial information to have because we all know the largest line item in any company is going to be that, that human, that human resource line. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not much of a segue here, but it is May it's mental health awareness month. And I know that you had some really great thoughts on, you know, the mental health of employees in the workplace. And do you just want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So the number one, complaint that we get from our clients is around mental health and really more around accessing mental health. Uh, and, you know, I don't know if it's, it's just where we live. I think it's a national issue, but it's highlighted here that there's a shortage of providers. Um, but more importantly, when it comes to using in-network providers, Right. So what we always encourage, you know, the employees that we meet with is based on the plan design that they have. And, and maybe sometimes they only have in-network coverage. Right. So their their right. medical plan does not cover doctors outside of that network. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you have tr- when an employee has troubles finding an in-network mental health provider, um, that forces them to find someone who's at a network and it's going to be very costly. So here you are, you're paying for your health insurance premium, you're paying all these copays, deductibles, et cetera. And now you have one part of your healthcare plan that you cannot, you know, find someone in network. will be out of pocket. Right? So you wind up going out of network and you're out of pocket. Um, that's, that's probably the number one complaint that we get. And it's not, specific to any one particular health insurance company. It is a, it is a global issue. Uh, I will say that the health insurance carriers are doing a lot around virtual mental yeah, health, telehealth, telehealth, which again, pre pandemic, it was like one of these things where people were, you know, I'm going to see a doctor through FaceTime. Yeah, right. That's so strange to think of at, at yeah, that time. Well, Right. No way. But, uh, I, you know, the pandemic um, brought that to light and, and really, you know, all the telehealth companies like skyrocketed because, mm-hmm. you know, doctor's offices were closed right. uh, unless there was unless there was an emergency. So um, we are seeing in the last couple of years a lot of effort being built around build, building virtual mental health networks, um, either, you know, through the insurance company or through, you know, a third party vendor that they're utilizing. 
and you know encouraging their members to utilize that because um, you know if if you can't get access to a provider, and then the other thing you hear is that when you do find someone who does take insurance, you can't get an appointment for, for several weeks, and obviously if you need mental health help, you know, yeah, it needs to immediately. So, you know, again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier in terms of communication and education. So knowing, um, you know, having your employees know what's available to them mm-hmm. outside your traditional care. So, again, if it's virtual, might not be the most ideal solution, but at least will address that need more immediately versus, you know, having to wait. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, so just being able to educate your employees on what it is we're able to offer. And I guess what I'm hearing, like the frustrations on what you can't offer yet. Um, but knowing, knowing there are avenues to go down, especially on mental health, like are you communicating that 988 is, is available um, to, for your employees to call if, if they're in, you know, a suicide crisis, you know, like starting that open dialogue as an employer sets the tone for mental health. It, it allows the employee to feel a little more brave to step outside of themselves and, and, and talk about maybe some issues they're dealing with. Yeah. And, and what better month to be having this conversation than, than May, which is, you know, mental health awareness month. So, um, you know, now it shouldn't just be a one month yeah, project. Right. Absolutely. It should be year round, but this is the month to really focus in on, on addressing mental health needs and, and again, you know, who has the access to do that, you know, our, our employers mm-hmm. and, and, you know, what adds to the mental health stress could sometimes be the work they do. And, right. um, so, you know, being able to push that information out, be a resource, you know, be there, make sure they know your employees know, you know, what's available to you mm-hmm. uh, in regards to the, mental health services is extremely important work. Absolutely. Well put. So, you know, we've talked about a lot um, and, you know, for our listeners, a business owner who is really excited by a lot of, of what you're saying. And, you know, is there one thing you could recommend that a business owner could do today uh, to kind of set some of these ideas in motion? Well, that's a tough question. One thing, you know, it's a, (laughs) just like a baby step, you know, what's that next stone I want to hop on? I, I would say, I mean, this, the easy answer is, is, you know, aligning yourself with, um, you know, a partner that understands your business, you know, understands your health, your budgets when it comes to benefits, right? Because, you know, I think most people I work with, if they had unlimited budgets when it comes to employee benefits, I mean, they'd roll out. Right. You know everything they possibly Gold could, standard, but the reality right? is, is that all this does cost money. And we talked about earlier. You know, the number one driver of that is your health insurance costs. Um, but but aligning yourself with someone who really understands your business, understands your employees, understands your culture, and helps prioritize what's most important in rolling out. So you mentioned baby steps, right? So you, you can't roll it all out at once. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you can do is take those baby steps and what you also can do is along the way is try to find, you know, ways to save money in other areas. So 
whether you're a larger organization, you look at self-funding and you find a way to save some money, but then reinvest that back into the employees. Absolutely. Well put. And, you know, I really appreciate that. So, you know, understand your workforce and align with people who's, who's aligned with similar values for those who can help you. Well, that wraps it up. Big thanks to you, James, Balancing Life's Issues, the Business Council of Westchester and Westchester's Ultimate Headhunter, the Headless Horseman. Be sure to check out the bcw.org for upcoming webinars and events, including Talent Tuesdays. Thanks again, James. Thank you, Kai. Until next time, everyone, take care. Take care.